Time now for Kings Talk. Oh, it's sported between the pads. Where you, the listeners, call in with your comments and questions after every Kings game. Tell us what's on your mind. Call us at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. We'll also take a look at the stars of the game, game highlights, and the out-of-town scoreboard. It's time for Kings Talk, right here on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk. We're taking your questions and comments. Call in 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. The Kings pick up their second win of the season here on home ice at crypto.com arena that brings their record to two three and three here at crypto.com huge win for the kings kevin fiala scores in the first period andre kopitar scores in the second to give your kings a two one win we're going to look at the three stars of the game and no surprise all three of them coming from your la kings cam talbot the third star of the game 30 saves on 31 shots against a 968 save percentage really did a great job i thought limiting uh long rebounds holding the puck when he needed to uh the kings of course put in a tremendous performance in front of him but cam talbot getting the job done your second star of the game captain Andre kopitar with his eighth goal of the season his league sorry excuse me team leading Eighth goal of the season on the power play in that second period from Kevin Fiala and Drew Doughty. Tremendous game from Andre Kopitar. He was uh, very good in the circle. 13 face-off wins out of 20 attempts, 65%. A strong night in the circle for most of the King centers, in fact. But Andre Kopitar, uh, again, one goal, 13 of 20 in the face-offs. Three shots on goal in over 20 minutes of time on ice. And, of course, your first star of the game, Looking very much the consistent, aggressive uh, player that he himself said he needed to be and the coaching staff wanted him to be, and that is Kevin Fiala with a goal and assist, including that first goal in the first period right off the hop with uh, just a few minutes gone off the clock, one minute, 20 seconds into the game. Kevin Fiala scores. It is not the game-winning goal, but it may as well have been because uh, the Kings really sort of were in control for the rest of the night. Florida did wind up. Scoring in the third period, a goal from Sam Reinhart, his 13th. Get uh, questions, comments, 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. I know a lot of Kings fans were concerned about the home record. I want to hear how concerned you are now that they have picked up their second win. Um, Unfortunately, Pierre-Luc Dubois in the third period, late in the third period, did go down the tunnel. I didn't see if he returned, but it looked like he... uh, hit his knee on the net hopefully we'll get daryl evans in here a little bit later to tell us uh, his thoughts on the matter eric from los angeles are you there eric yes i am here jesse how uh, are you doing tonight great eric? Uh, I'm, I'm doing better um Good to hear. Tough. kings held kings held tough kings held tough um I, uh, and, of course, PLD, we, we need him uh, uh, healthy. That, that did not look good. Uh, no. Hopefully it's just the Charlie horse. Um, technical question. It was a play where the Kings were called for icing, I believe it was in the second period, and it looked like the uh, Panther was playing the man, not playing the puck. And it was uh, ice from their own defensive zone. Just curious if you could explain that kind of discretion of the ref, how that, how that works. Well, Eric, full disclosure, I think that uh, interference is one of the most undercalled penalties in the league, personally. Um, I do remember that call. There were a few calls, actually, both ways, where I felt like uh, icing was called either prematurely or 
in a situation where I didn't necessarily think it was warranted. Um, I, I leave those sorts of uh, deeper conversations on officiating and the, and the finer points of the rules to uh, to Jim and Daryl, but I did uh, absolutely see that, Eric, and I, I think I agree with you. There were a couple of plays, actually, this game where I felt that either penalties weren't warranted or, or should have been called where they weren't, but uh, I'm not entirely sure how much I'm allowed to uh, criticize the, <laughs> the officials um, as a member. Well, well, we... Well, we... We, we we can read between the lines just with that. <laughs> sure. Um, any 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 uh, any easy trivia questions tonight? Yeah, sure. I can. Uh, well, I've got a couple levels of uh, of trivia. So generally speaking, I try and tailor the trivia questions around the team's opponent. And I was hoping I might find some really you know juicy nuggets of uh, Kings Panthers crossover, but I I couldn't find much. So uh, do you want like how difficult a trivia question do you want, Eric? You know, I, I, I think I know a, a decent amount, but then I, I don't do so great when uh, other callers call in. I'll, I'll go for <laughs> right. easy. I'll, I'll go for the low-hanging fruit. All right, then. In that case, the first game between the Kings and the Florida Panthers on October 19th, 1993. Who was in goal for the Kings in that first game? Was it uh, – I'm, I'm going to go Roman Chekmanek. Uh, it was not. He was a little bit later than that. Uh, but uh, but we appreciate you calling in, Eric, and uh, we appreciate your, your feeling better about this Kings team. Thank you so much for calling. Again, the Kings win 2-1 to one over the Florida Panthers here at Crypto.com Arena. We want you to call in 877-KINGS20, 877-KINGS20. Strong performance from Kevin Fiala. Strong performance from Andre Kopitar. Strong performance from the LA Kings. I mentioned Andre Kopitar's numbers in the faceoff dot. Andre Kopitar, 13 of 20 for 65%. Phil Deneau, 5 of 7 for 71.4%. And uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, before he uh, left the game, 7 of 13 for 53.8%. So strong uh, face-off numbers for the top three centers for your LA Kings. Blake Lazat struggled a little bit, but I thought that fourth line had a, a perfect fourth line game. Jim Fox talked a little bit about it in the third period. Uh, at one point, I looked at their uh, numbers, and they were actually... Uh, being out-possessed, as it were. They had more shot attempts against than they did shot attempts for. That switched by the end of the game. Um, The expected goals was not in their favor. It was in their favor by the end of the game. But it was such a low-event night for that line specifically. The rest of the lines were buzzing. They were generating offensive chances. The fourth line not generating a ton of opportunity, but not allowing a ton of opportunity either. If you look at the expected goals numbers, this won't mean a ton, but I think in comparison it might be somewhat revealing. Uh, The top line, excuse me, uh, Andre Kopitar, Quentin Byfield, Adrian Kempe, uh, expected goals 0.2. The second line with uh, Fiala, Deneau, and Moore, 0.42. And the Kaliev, Dubois, Anderson, Dolan line, 0.32 the fourth line 0.08 and expected goals against 0.07 so again as long as they were out there nothing was happening either way and that's exactly what was needed in this game that fourth line uh, again came in calmed everything down maintained possession made sure that the game didn't get out of hand and Todd McClellan was very uh, 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 complimentary of them over the last four days uh, that the team has had off and uh no fear in deploying them tonight. The top line, 10 minutes, 19 seconds of ice time. The Deneau line, 8 minutes, 40 second, 46 seconds of ice time. Excuse me. That Lazat line, 7 minutes, 52. Now, things had to get juggled at the end because Pierre-Luc Dubois left the game uh, with an undisclosed injury at this time. But, again, that fourth line 
the coaching staff not shy to rely on them. We are going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll look at some uh, numbers and highlights. You're listening to the Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. We return to Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to L.A. Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I'm Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk. 877-KINGS-20. 877-KINGS-20. Your L.A. Kings defeat the Florida Panthers of 2-1 to here at Crypto.com Arena. And Lawrence from Valencia would like to talk goaltending. Lawrence, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing tonight, Lawrence? Real well. Uh, happy early holidays. Thank you. You as well. Uh, the Kings goalies seem to be uh, on a roll uh, uh, lately. They seem to be either giving up nothing or giving up just a few and early uh, being outplayed. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it, I mean, Cam Talbot has had a strong start to the season. Uh, tonight, I know a lot of people probably wanted him to get the shutout, but a team like Florida is hard to keep off the board. Uh, is there anything uh, that, uh, any explanation you'd like to offer up for your observation, uh, Lawrence, or are you just curious as to why that might be? Uh, it's all because of the way I've seen it so far. Sorry, say that again. Played, uh, they've been playing very consistent. Like even even though their record's nine three and three, they could easily have uh, had ten eleven wins right now. Well, Daryl Evans joins I us now. Daryl, your thoughts on uh, Lawrence's position on the goaltending? Yeah, you know I think the goaltending Cam Toppled has been real solid. Uh, beat this is just his first win on home ice, so uh, it's good uh, for him to get that feel that experience. Um, you know I thought he was real solid in the game, and for the most part. The games that uh, Cam's played in, he's been able to find the puck. The defense has done a good job in front of him, and uh, they've been able to get the results because of it. Uh, you know, But in this league, we know that, uh, especially the way the game is played now, it takes two goaltenders, and you know, Phoenix Copley's going to you know, get his game underneath him and uh, uh, be able to contribute as we saw him do last year. Uh, but uh, goaltending right now uh, for the Kings, uh, you know, I think the goaltenders have a pretty good understanding the way the team is playing in front of them, which has been pretty consistent, that word that you use. The defense are very predictable. All three pairs have been together basically the entire season. So uh, that makes it a little bit easier for the goaltender to be able to set pucks up uh, communicate and talk, uh, you know, when he can see the puck, when he can't see the puck. He, you know, he's got a good feel for when the guys are in the shooting lanes blocking shots. And because of that, you get results. But uh, it was a solid team game tonight, and, uh, they, you know, they deserved the win. Uh, they played against a very good hockey club, a team that was 8-1-1 in their last 10 games, 5-0 and in their last they had a five-game winning streak coming in, and now the Kings have won six straight against uh, Florida. So a uh, solid two points for the Kings tonight in the standings. Lawrence, since you had a question about goaltending, would you like to answer our trivia question about goaltending? I guess I would. All right. First game between the Kings and the Panthers, October 19th, 1993. Who was in net for the L.A. Kings in that game? Kelly Rudy. That is correct, Lawrence. If you want to go ahead, hang on the line, give your name and contact information to our call screener. He will take that, and I will make sure you go ahead and get tickets to an upcoming Kings game. Thank I you. tell you one other thing. Yes, please do. Uh, actually, this is uh, for Daryl. I was at the Miracle Manchester when he uh, got his uh, goal. 
the Miracle in Manchester back in 1982. Well, you must have just been a little kid by at that time. Actually, I was 10 years old. <laughs> I just, like I said. I just from <laughs> what was that? I had just come from Montreal. Oh, uh, really? Montreal. Ah. Yeah. And I actually saw myself on a videotape of that game. Cool. And I remember meeting Daryl following the game. You met me after that game? Yes, I did. Like down like in the tunnel or up in uh, by the Forum Club? In the uh, the by the Forum Club. Really? Wow, wow, wow. I was imagine that was uh, quite the memory for both of you. And you are one of my favorite players of all time. Ah, you're too kind. You're too kind. Were you a hockey fan in Montreal before you came to L.A.? I was a L.A. Kings fan, yes. Even like even growing up in Montreal. Yep. And how did uh, what first attracted you to the Kings? All because I knew uh, Rogi uh, was going to be one of the top goaltenders okay. of all time. You're right. Okay. There you go. There's the connection. Rogi Vashon. I remember when Marcel Dion was traded uh, from Montreal to Detroit, then uh, to the Kings. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you very much for the call, Lawrence. We appreciate it, and a happy uh, holidays to you as, or early holidays to you as well, Daryl. Ed, blocked shots was something that that stuck out to me throughout the game for the Kings. Maybe not a huge number of blocked shots, although a pretty high number. But it felt to me like um, timely shot blocking from the LA Kings. Yeah, timely shot blocks, and I think sometimes because of the Kings, the way they presented themselves, they forced Florida to shoot the puck wide. Um, you know, even though pucks don't call, count as block shots there, but they weren't trying to, they weren't able to get the puck to where they were trying to, and that was to put it on net. They put it just wider than that. So I thought the Kings did a really good job at lining themselves up, and you know, especially you know in, when the Kings were down, uh, you know, the first and the third period, I got a good chance to be able to see things at, at that end and see the where where guys were positioning themselves. And uh, there was a number of layers. It wasn't just a forward out high or the defender in front of the net. They did a great job at you know laying themselves out in layers. And as a shooter, like you can see the guys when they have the puck in their stick, they're looking for that lane. They're looking for just a little bit of daylight to get it through. And it looks like it's clear for a minute, then all of a sudden somebody else comes through. So a credit to the team for sacrificing himself. You know, and we see it. Uh, you know, Ajay Kopitar last year, he was in a top handful of block shots amongst forwards. So when your captain, a guy at his age, as many games that he's played, when he's going out there and leading the way, doing things like that, everybody follows suit. I thought it was particularly fitting that the game essentially ended on Adrian Kempe blocking a shot. Yep. No, it was it was fitting in tonight's game. Uh, there wasn't a lot of space. I was down uh, between the benches today, and there wasn't a lot of space, especially in that neutral zone. And because of that, you know, we didn't see very many uh, outnumbered attacks. You know, two on ones, three on twos, or anything like that. It was a it, both teams did a great job at checking, and uh, you know, Jim talked about it. And, you know, with Nick on the broadcast, on you know, and he thought the same thing too. That you know, Florida does an exceptional job, and anything that you got tonight, you you earned it, and uh, it was definitely a hard-earned two points by the Kings tonight. We heard from Todd McClellan a lot uh, during the last four days about uh, the speed of. Florida, the depth of Florida. Daryl Evans joining me on Kingstock. Get your questions and calls in 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. Um, but, Daryl, I wasn't prepared for the physicality of this game because we had spent so much time talking about the speed. Well, I think when you look at a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, they are built that way. They're big. They're heavy. Uh, they're arguably missing their top two defensemen in Ekblad and Montour. 
uh, big minutes guys, power play guys. Montour last year, a career high, 73 points for the Florida Panthers. So I thought the players that stepped up and got an opportunity to play for them did an outstanding job. And uh, but you no, know, the physicality—they've got some guys with some sandpaper. They've got some grit up front, and they're they're top players. You look at guys like Barkov. I mean, he, he's he, he's like Kopitar. He's a you know he's Florida's Kopitar. And even though they're not the most physical player, where they go out and run guys through the boards. They just wear you down. They lean on you all the time. And, uh, you know, Kachuk, we know the sandpaper that he plays with. He constantly gets, you know, underneath you and you're under your skin and, and things like that. But, no, they're a well-put-together hockey club. And, uh, you know, it was no fluke where, you know, where they were last year uh, at, at the end of the season. They earned each and every bit of it. And uh, I think, uh, you know, when the teams, when they match up in the playoffs, regardless of who they're going to play against, they're going to be a tough opponent to uh, to, to go uh, go after. Daryl Evans joining me on Kings Talk. Kings fans, call in 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. We've got tickets to an upcoming Kings game to give away to you. We want to hear what you think about the win tonight. We're going to go ahead and listen to those highlights. Again, a minute 20 seconds into the first period, Kevin Fiala scored a beautiful goal on Bobrovsky to give the Kings a one nothing lead. Talbot will play it for Roy. Sends it up to Moore. Let it go to center. Here's Deneau with Fiala. Deneau to Fiala. In. Shoots. Scores! A minute 20 into the game. Kevin Fiala starts the scoring. Daryl, I asked uh, Zach Dooley in the first intermission. I'll ask you now. Was it more important that that goal came early in the first period for this team, given its road or home record, or was it more important that the goal came off of Kevin Fiala's stick in a controlled play, a nice play that he, you know, didn't bounce in off his knee or something? He made that move and scored that goal. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both elements. Uh, for whatever the reason be, the Kings in the first seven games of the season here on home ice haven't come out of the gate uh, like you might expect them to on home ice. Uh, on the road, they've been a lot more assertive early on, and you know Jim's keys were special teams. Kevin Fiala was one of the you know the players that he felt uh, needed to have a good game in order the Kings to succeed, and uh, he was spot on with his assessment there. Uh, I also thought that faceoffs were important, and the Kings won eight of the first ten faceoffs in the game. Uh, that allowed him to go on attack. But having Kevin Fiala get on the board in the fashion that he did with that type of goal, uh, great execution, nice pass, uh, you know, from Deneau getting him the puck. Uh, that really boosted the hockey club. Uh, Kevin Fiala is a big part of this team. Um, you know, even though he's all he's been a point of game guy, you know, up up till this point of the season, he's just he's got so much value out there. And uh, you know, high skill goal, uh, beautiful goal. And when it comes to timing, got the people into the building, and it, it kind of put uh, Florida on their heels for a little bit. And up until really till the, the uh, second period there when the Kings started to take some penalties, that's where Florida started to switch the momentum a little bit. But uh, it was what they did in the first you know, handful of minutes that kind of set the tone for the rest of the night. Rob from the South Bay wants to talk about another thing we talked a lot about uh, over the last four days, and that is the penalty kill. Rob, are you there? I am here, Jesse. How you doing? Good, Rob. How are you? I thought you weren't going to be able to call in tonight, Rob. You know, that's what I said, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, there's no one else in the car with me, so I'm going to talk Perfect. to you guys. All right. <laughs> I, I thought there might be someone in the car with me, but no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was at the game tonight, and what I noticed was the Kings hardly gave up any high-danger chances, five-on-five. Five. I mean, a lot of the stuff that they were giving up was from the outside. They were getting sticks on it, and I thought that was really impressive by the defense 
uh, tonight. And I don't know what you saw from the ice, Daryl, but they really didn't give up anything in the slot other than the goal, it seemed like. No, you're right. Uh, you know, I think the, your analysis, uh, you know, of what you saw out there was pretty consistent with what everybody saw in the building. Uh, the team's commitment to five-on-five uh, five play was outstanding, and it wasn't until you know the latter couple of power plays that uh, Florida started to get some better chances on the man advantage. Uh, they really focused on going through Kachuk at that point. Uh, he was getting involved in all three top spots in the umbrella, and then he started to go down around the front of the net. But Kings deflected the plays towards the outside, and then. Wherever the shot was coming from, King's defense did a great job at boxing out in front, allowing Talbot either to fight to the edge of the blue paint or at least to be able to get his eyes on it. And because a lot of those shots that did get through, Talbot was able to make the initial save. That you know, When a goaltender can see the puck clean, he can absorb the puck in his body, his glove, or whatever it may be. It's the ones that are, you know, there's partial screens or there's traffic, uh, maybe a redirection. They go off a different piece of equipment than you wanted to initially get in front of it, and uh, that's where the rebounds come in. There weren't too many rebound attempts tonight, and it wasn't uh, until, you know, third per- the uh, third period there where that goal comes uh, by Florida getting that chance in a slot, and the Kings did have bodies in place. They just didn't cover it well. And Rob, I'm not going to give you free tickets to a game, but would you like to take a shot at one of the trivia questions anyway? Sure, why not? All right, Rob. First game between the Florida Panthers and the L.A. Kings on October 19th, 1993. Who scored the first goal against the Florida Panthers for the L.A. Kings? I feel like I should have some Jeopardy music here. Yeah. (laughs) No answer, Rob. Who is Luke Robitaille? It was not, but good guess, Rob. Thank you very much for calling in, and uh, we'll see you around Crypto.com Arena and Toyota Sports Performance Center. Uh, Daryl, Rob talked about the penalty kill, and I want to play a clip I wasn't able to play earlier from Todd McClellan. This is over the past two days talking to the media, and uh, he had said last week that we were at a place now where the coaching staff could worry about a deeper pre-scout of opponents. They were moving on from being worried about what the team was doing. We're starting to look at the other team. I asked if that applied to special teams, if the, the deeper pre-scout, especially the penalty kill, which has done so well and had, was identified as a summer project. And uh, he said not only are they doing the deeper pre-scout, but they might even focus on that more than the rest. Here's Todd McClellan talking to the media about that pre-scout. Maybe more so in those areas four check and neutral zone there's only so many ways that those things can be played and there are dramatic differences from team to team but power play and penalty kill is where you can win or lose it for them for the most part we dig in a lot there with what the opposition's trying to do you see patterns you see information that you feel the players need to have to have a chance at success on both sides of it so um, even at the beginning of the year when we said we're hey we're really worried about our team if we only picked one area of information that we would share as special teams. Try and give them a head start if we can. And tonight, Daryl, was one of those nights that I think it's fair to say that special teams did win the game for the LA Kings. They get a power play goal. They hold Florida off the board on five power plays for Florida. How much pre-scout do you suppose the Kings did on a team like Florida, and how much did it help out in a game like this? Well, it definitely helped out, and I think because of the way Florida has played as of late and their power play the last couple of games, they had two power play goals in each of their last two games. Uh, I think there was a lot of pre-scout done with regards to that. Uh, special teams, especially in one-goal games, generally are going to be the, the thing that's going to tip the scale, and the Kings did win the special team battles tonight, scoring the only power play goal of the game. 
Uh, I felt that the goal that the Panthers got tonight was a result of the Kings being on the penalty kill, taking too many penalties, spending too much time in a defensive zone. It put them on their heels. But the penalty kill was outstanding. Trevor Moore, uh, pardon me, uh, Trevor Lewis and uh, Blake Lazat did a great job. And then Kopitar, uh, he won some real timely face-offs. He was outstanding in that regard. When Drew Doughty went to the box for putting the puck over the glass, uh, you know, everybody had to dig deep. And, you know, generally your you know your uh, goaltender is one of your best penalty killers as well. And Talbot really fought to see the puck and get his eyes on it, settle the play down. But guys block shots. Uh, penalty killers, you know, they it needed a lot of work coming into this season. And you can tell uh, that the work was put in, and the guys have taken a lot of pride in it. Uh, and it's nice as a player to get the results because sometimes – you could be working, 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 and not getting the results. You're, you know, you're doing the right things, but you're not getting the results. So when you see the results come because of the work that you put in, uh, it's very rewarding. And uh, you know, those guys that are are doing that, guys like uh, Blake Lazat and Trevor Lewis, that are starting pretty much every power, uh, every penalty kill that they can, uh, they now have a real significant role on this hockey club. Uh, you know, you don't look at them as a fourth line. Not only they're part of the penalty kill. But what they're contributing on offensively with Carl Grundstrom on their line, uh, they spent a lot of time in the offensive zone. So it's uh, it was a big part tonight. Daryl Evans joining me, Jesse Cohen here on Kings Talk. We want to hear from you, 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. We're going to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the captain, Andre Kopitar, get some final thoughts on the game, and hopefully more of your calls. You're listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. We return to Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to L.A. Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk with me, Daryl Evans, here in the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center in Crypto.com Arena. Final score here tonight, your L.A. Kings 2, Florida Panthers 1. Jeremy is on the line. How are you doing tonight, Jeremy? Jesse, I'm awesome. How are you? I'm also awesome, Jeremy. The Kings are awesome. Daryl looks awesome. I imagine Daryl is awesome. Always awesome. All right. What's going on, Jeremy? Hey, uh, just wondering, uh, is that legal when you bring a second stick out to the goalie? Can you have two sticks? Well, I'm going to defer to you on that one, Daryl. Bring a stick out to the goalie. When? when... No, uh, it's Hi, guys. It's Hannah as well. Oh, hi, Hannah. <laughs> hi. So Jeremy and I were sitting and watching the game, and Bob lost his stick at one point when the Kings were in the zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a player can pick it up, Bucker, yes. Yep. Okay, so he can have two sticks at the same time? Well, yeah, a player can go pick up a, a stick that's on the ground and, and bring it to the goal. I, I want to ask you, Hannah, had a defenseman handed Bobrovsky his stick, so he was holding a defenseman stick, and then somebody retrieved his goalie stick for him as well? Or did he have two goalie sticks? Uh, no, the defenseman picked up the goalie stick that so the defenseman was holding too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. No, that's 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 a legal play. Well, Hannah, as long as we've got you on the line and you as well, Jeremy, do you have any candidates for uh, king for for player of the game? Oh, I'll let you go first, Jack. Um, a little. Um, probably not your player of the game, but mine would be uh, Trevor Moore. I felt like he controlled the puck really well today. He is, he was body on people. He was just in the right place at the right time. Hannah, you? And this is Hannah Davey, anthem singer extraordinaire, for those listening who don't recognize the voice. 
And I feel as, you know, another fellow Thousand Oaks native, how can we not support our boy Trevor Moore? Sure, sure. (laughs) All right, well, thank you guys for calling in. We appreciate it. You stay safe out there on the road. And, Hannah, we look forward to hearing you sing the national anthem. Daryl, I said I wanted to talk about the captain, Andre Kopitar, before we went to break. I want to play that goal from him in the second period before we get into that conversation. Here's Kopitar handing it off. Fiala to Kopitar, one-timer, score! 2-0 LA! That was the eighth goal of the year for Manje Kopitar, Daryl. He scored it from the top of the slot, I have said, for years now. I'm not sure there's anybody more dangerous in the league from that spot on the ice than Manje Kopitar. He doesn't always get the puck on his stick wide open like that in that spot. But when he gets an opportunity and he can load that shot up, he is dangerous. Now, I've said that throughout his entire career, that he never shoots the puck enough, uh, <laughs> right. despite having 401 goals. Yeah. You know, I can only imagine how many goals he'd score if he upped his shot total by uh, you know, two shots a game. But no, he's got a great shot, a great release. Uh, credit Kevin Fiala, though. Fiala put that puck right in his wheelhouse. And the two of them, they made eye contact. When that play started to develop, I believe it was Dowdy that got it to Fiala. And then Fiala kind of made eye contact with Kopitar. Kopitar just put himself into the sweet spot there in the high slot, far enough away from the defense and far enough away from the forwards to be able to collapse and get him from the backside. And that puck came right in his wheelhouse. He wasted no time. The quick release put the puck back by Brovsky, and that proved to be the game winner. You and I are not the only ones who thought Andre Kopitar played a great game. Mark from Chatsworth wants to weigh in on the captain as well. Mark, are you there? Uh, yes, I am here. Uh, Kopitar, he's great on the face-off circle. I think he did an outstanding job winning some really important face-offs, but that goal from the uh, middle of the circles was just phenomenal. I think uh, golf had really good position on him, but he put it in a spot where, you know, not too many goals you're going to see that. And that one shot he took off the chest, the, the block shot on the power play, I think uh, Kopitar just had a really all-around really good game. He never left the zone before he should, and uh, he really showed a lot of support, and I think it's a great example for all the young guys that are playing right now to see a player like that so that they know what to do in, in those situations. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen him play any different in 1,310 <laughs> games? <laughs> well, not really, but I've seen a lot of guys a lot of guys play different you know, with him. Uh, but uh, for him to show that example yeah. and for them to see how he plays, it's a good example for them, and, 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 it, and I love where the Kings are going right now. Yeah, no, he influences so many guys, and like you say, young or old, uh, he brings the best out of you, especially when you're on the ice with him. And uh, great examples of it are his two wingers right now in Kempe, who uh, two career years in scoring, 35 goals, 41 the last two years. And now Quinton Byfield, who jumped on that line last year. We'll look at where his game's gone in the last 12 months. So, uh, And that's a credit to Andre Kopitar, uh, not only a, a great uh, student of the game, but a great teacher of the game as well. We've got Julian on the line. Julian, hold on for just one more second. Sorry to cut you off there, Mark. But, Daryl, I want to run something by uh, by you about Kopitar before we get to Julian. So, Julian, please hold on for just one more moment. I apologize. I was talking to somebody, Daryl, and uh, they were saying, I don't know what's gotten into Kopitar. I think he's on pace for more than 40 goals at this point. They were saying, I don't know what's changed about his game this year. He looks more active. He looks more free. And I said, I can tell you something that's changed about his game. Six-foot-five, speedy, board-winning, 
you know, playmaking Quentin Byfield. I thought you were talking about me for a no. minute. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure. No, right. but I mean, Quentin Byfield is looking incredible. I think it can only help but help Kopitar's game. Well, that 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 being one of the reasons, uh, you know, he's got two wingers that are doing a lot of the work along the walls. you, you got to remember, you look at Kopitar in his first, you know, his early part of his career, how much time he spent in the trenches. He'd carry guys, you know, down below the goal line. I mean, he just did so much work, and that, no disrespect to the guys that he played with, and the game was played a little bit differently back then. But now he's got guys, uh, you know, Kempe, we've seen the way his game has, you know, grown and matured over the years. The speed that he plays with, his shot, the respect that he has, the physicality now in his game. And Byfield, how much stronger he's gotten in the quickness in his game and confidence. Because he's confident, he's getting the pucks quicker. He's getting underneath plays. Uh, and then another reason that I think we're seeing the uh, rejuvenated Kopitar is the ice time. You look at you bring in Dubois off the middle of the ice, and you also look at the ice time that that fourth unit is getting with Lazat. The minutes are being spread out a little bit more evenly. And, you know, at the end of the day, I know all these guys, they want a couple of more minutes of ice time each game. But I think come the end of the year when it's April, May, and hopefully June, they're going to be thankful for the coaching staff for spreading those minutes out because that minute and a half that you are not playing for 82 games, uh, you're going to feel that much better when it comes playoff time. So a uh, uh, combination of a lot of things, but uh, and a credit to him for the way he takes care of himself, the changes that he's made within in, uh, his training. And uh, you know, and uh, you know, just having fun playing the game. I mean, he's he's a, he's, a, he's a treat to watch. We're blessed to have him here to be able to watch him each and every day. And sometimes we take him for granted. But when we tour around the league, everybody, you know, they can't speak you know enough about what Andre Kopitar not only means to our team, but how good a player he is across the NHL. From my old stomping grounds of well, nope, sorry, just been informed that Julian is gone. Sorry for keeping you on the line there so long, Julian. If you want to call back in, we will get you on the line. Um, Daryl, I want to talk about Quentin Byfield a little bit because I saw a uh, a compilation of all of his plays up through the first 14 games of the season. Not necessarily all the scoring plays, but just, you know, rushes up the ice, dangling guys. And, you know, a few games ago I would have said I, I can't remember ever seeing a guy built like him move like that. But then seeing all of those plays cut back to back to back to back, watching him dangle guys with a wingspan of, you know, God knows how long, right? <laughs> somebody that long, somebody that tall shouldn't be able to 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 deke guys and dangle guys the way he can coming through the neutral zone. No, I mean, he's got, uh, he's, he's got great athleticism in his game, um, and he's only going to get stronger. Remember, he's, you know, he just turned 21. Uh, he's still still a young man. Uh, he's going to put a little bit more weight on. He's going to put some muscle mass on. And that's going to, uh, like, as I've watched Adrian Kempe develop over the last few years, you know, Kempe, his body's filled out. And same thing's going to happen with Byfield. And they've got some similarities, both being that they're great skaters out there. Uh, you know, so Byfield is, he's having a lot of fun right now. And he's, like I say, he's uh, the recipient of being able to play with two really good players in Kopitar and Kempe, two world-class players amongst the elite in the league. And that's bringing the best out of him. So uh, his consistency has definitely gotten better through the course of the season, uh, you know, from last year when he first joined those guys on that line. And there should be no reason that uh, he shouldn't come to the rink every day with a big smile on his face because he gets a chance to play with, you know, one of the best two-way centers in the game and uh, with a great player in in Adrian Kempe. So he's having fun. They're having fun with him. They love playing with him on the line, and they just got some great chemistry. All right, now from my old stomping ground of Whittier, California, Julian, are you with us now, Julian? 
I sure am, gentlemen. All right. Sorry, sorry for keeping you on hold so long. We appreciate you calling back. That's okay. Thank you for taking my call. So, um, you guys, you sort of took the words right out of my mouth. Um, first of all, uh, 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 Kopitar is playing, uh, I don't know, it's different. It's way better than probably the last two years. This this Kings uh, team has not lost this chemistry that they had le- last year. It's almost like they've picked up where they left off. They're playing really well for a start of the season as compared to maybe two years ago. Um, it, it just seems like uh, it's such a solid start. It, it almost uh, it, It's really neat to see. Um, they've established themselves. And I wanted to make a prediction that I really do think that the Kings are going to get 100 points again this year by the end of the season. Well, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a pretty realistic prediction. Uh, but, Julian, I think when you look at it, you say, like, the Kings, you know, surprised, you know, how well they're playing, uh, you know, from a couple of years ago. I think you've got to give management a little bit of a pat in the back there because each and every year the last few years – management has gone out and addressed the areas that the Kings have had concern in. It started when they acquired uh, Dubois, or pardon me, Deneau and Arvidsson. They brought those guys on board, and then they went out and acquired Kevin Fiala. They needed a game, a difference maker in a game. And then this year, after the two series with Edmonton in the playoffs, they needed some size and depth up the middle of the ice. And with Byfield uh, last year not uh, you know, showing that he was ready to step up and take either a number one or number two spot up the middle of the ice, they went out and got Dubois this offseason. So uh, management has done a great job addressing the needs of the hockey club. And the scouting staff and the development team have done a great job with the young players, guys like Jordan Spence now, who's an every-night player. Uh, and we're starting to see LaFerriere, who you know just joined the organization last year, but we've seen great growth in his game. Turcotte's developing nicely. Jared Anderson Dolan, uh, the way that he plays. Uh, and, you know, Carl Grundstrom, you know, he's a couple hundred games under his belt now. Kaliev has taken his game to another level. And we still haven't even talked about Brant Clark, who's, you know, number one pick that's playing down in Ontario right now and, uh, you know, kind of working on all his skill set in order to become an NHL player. So uh, collectively as a group, uh, they've been very committed, and ownership has done a great job at uh, providing a platform for them to be able to go out and do what they think they need to do. And uh, they've made some great decisions, and that's why what we're seeing in, uh, in the results of what's on the ice. Julian, we appreciate you calling in twice, as a matter of fact, uh, and enjoy Whittier. Uh, we appreciate, again, the call. Daryl, joining me on King's Talk, last chance to get your calls and questions in. I'm going to ask Daryl one more question, and if we don't get any calls by the end of that conversation, we're going to wrap it for the night. 877-KINGS-20, 877-KINGS-20. Daryl, you've got a special vantage point on the game that the rest of us don't have. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois going down the tunnel at the end of the third period, not going to ask you to speculate on what may have happened to his leg, but it looked like on the replay that I was able to see up here in the booth that he crashed into the net, uh, looked like he hit his left leg, and it looked like the net didn't give as much as it usually does. Yeah, you know, it was unfortunate. I mean, he just, and you know, the last few games, he's really taken the initiative of carrying the puck to the net, and he was very determined coming in on his off wing there. He dropped his left shoulder and took the puck hard. Bobrovsky came out for the poke and looked like his skate or his stick poked the skates of, of Dubois. Now, Dubois lost his footing, went into the goalpost, and it looked like his left leg 
above the knee made the contact with the pipe. Uh, you know, with Jim and Nick and myself when we were talking on the broadcast, uh, you know, we're hoping that maybe it's a contusion, a Charlie horse, you know, that's, that if it's high enough above the above the knee. But, again, we're not going to speculate or anything like that. None of us are doctors. Uh, but hopefully by the one replay that we saw, it looked like it was above the knee where it wasn't a, you know, like – I don't want to say hyperextension or anything like that. I'm not even going to use those terms, but uh, but it looked like hopefully it was far enough above the knee where it's you know it's going to be a contusion. But uh, again, we'll find out a little bit more. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what Todd McClellan had to say in the post game wrap uh, tonight, or you know, he, I'm sure he's not going to give out too many too much information because I'm sure he's probably going to you know get with the doctors and uh, they'll give us a little bit more to say probably tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah, and we will bring that information to you, uh, Kings fans, when we have it. Um, I'm always sort of tickled uh, and also a little bit annoyed when the media asks the coach immediately following yeah, yeah. a game for an update on the. Coach has been behind the bench the entire game. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He didn't come out in a smock to do, <laughs> right. do the interview, yeah. yeah. And I understand we all want to know, but uh, but Todd McClellan, probably the least likely person in the building to know what's yeah. going on. Yep. Yep. All right, well, that is going to do it for this edition of Kings Talk. Final score tonight at Crypto.com Arena. Your L.A. Kings 2, the Florida Panthers 1. The LA, King, or L.A. Kings hockey returns to iHeartRadio Uh, Saturday night as your LA Kings host the St. Louis Blues at Crypto.com Arena here in downtown LA. Pre-game show begins at 7 Pacific here on the LA Kings Audio Network. If you're planning on watching the telecast, keep in mind that that is on KCAL this Saturday. You've been listening to LA Kings Hockey for Nick Nixon, Jim Fox, and especially Daryl Evans, as well as Eric, Lawrence, Rob, Jeremy, Hannah, Mark, and Julian. Our on-site producer, Jake Warner, and our network producer, Jeff Cabot. I'm Jesse Cohen. Have a wonderful evening, Kings fans. We'll see you on Saturday. Shoots! Hit the post! Score! On the rebound! You've been listening to Kings Talk along the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Follow the Kings all season long wherever you are. Downloading. With the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Download the iHeart app for free. And join us next time for the excitement of LA Kings hockey.